So good morning listeners and welcome to Common Sea Inspirations being produced here in our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And it's the 25th of August, it's the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us this morning. We want to welcome especially those listeners who are housebound, lonely, struggling in some way today and our listeners who support us each week in prayer. We want to thank you so much for joining us and also for your wonderful comments and for your prayers. Uh, special uh, thanks again to Mike Keaton, Michael Keaton from Rahina, who shared that beautiful reflection with us last week. I know a lot of people have commented on it. And the Our Lady of Knock, the apparition at Knock. A programme, of course, is broadcast as usual on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 FM local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And is available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at buzzsprout.com. Actually, if you just Google Common Sea Inspirations, you'll find us there. And also on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And again, if you want to contact us at all, pass any message on to us, please do so by texting us 87 That's 87 Or you can email me at sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Now this morning, uh, I'm on my own actually here inside the studio because in part two of the programme today actually we are replaying a beautiful reflection given to us by Geraldine Critton entitled Mary Our Mother and actually this was uh, first of all recorded, first recorded on 10th of August 2017. We also actually joined that particular programme by, by Shane Ambrose. Um, in part one of the programme we also have the start of a reflection that Father Frank Duke, a short little reflection that Father Frank Duke is going to give us over the next few months on the Mass. That's followed by a lovely piece of music. This time it's entitled The Trinity Song, and that's by St. Joseph Como Choir. In the meantime, I might just mention just a few saints for the week this week. Um, maybe the one on Tuesday, a very popular saint, St. Monica. Born 332, uh, she died in 387, converted her pagan husband, Patricius, to the faith, and by her prayers and tears, brought her son, St. Augustine, to Christianity and a moral life, patron saint of mothers. Just a few things that uh, just come to mind that I picked up uh, on St. Monica. She, she St. Monica's example converted her husband and mother-in-law. Even though the 4th century saint was a Christian, her parents gave her away to a man named Patricius. Both he and his mother were pagans and had violent tempers. Saint Monica endured this with patience and kindness. Her example eventually led to their conversions to Christianity. She prayed for her son Saint Augustine for seventeen years before his conversion. Much of what Saint Monica is known much of what Saint Monica is known for is her persistence in prayer. Her son, St. Augustine of Hippo, lived a life of immorality, most notably that of lust and impurity, before converting to Catholicism. Throughout these years, she endured a tremendous amount of suffering. St. Augustine rejected her on multiple accounts, but she continued to love, pray and nurture her son throughout his wayward time. She felt discouraged, but never gave up. St. Monica cried many times over her son's transgressions, but received affirmation from God in several accounts. St. Monica had a dream in which she wept over her son, and a figure told her that he was still with her. 
In his autobiography, The Confessions of St. Anthony, of St. Augustine, St. Augustine wrote that it was my soul's doom she was lamenting. The figure told her to be at peace and see that where she was, there I was also. She also received encouragement from the local bishop, who told her that God's time will come. And he added, Go now, I beg you, it's not possible that the son of so many tears should perish. She also knew her purpose in life. St. Monica wept, prayed, sacrificed for her son for many years. Her greatest desire in life was to see her son's conversion to Catholicism. And once this happened, she believed her purpose in life had been fulfilled. She said to St. Augustine just a few days before she came down with a fever that caused her death. My son, speaking of myself, nothing earthly delights me any longer. I do not know why I am still here or why I should remain here. I have no further earthly desires. And last of all, she is the patron saint of wives, mothers, conversions, alcoholics and abuse victims. Especially at a time where where conversion is needed in our world and we see the tragedy of abuse in our church, St. Monica is a great example of faith and hope. God's grace is infinite and he will never abandon us, even if it seems as if he is not present. So let us look to St. Monica's example of of persistence and that God would never abandon us, even in the hardest times. St. Monica, pray for us. And just briefly there, we might just mention uh, the next day, which is the 28th of August, it's the Feast of St. Augustine. He's a patron of brewers because of a conversion from a former life of loose living, which included parties, entertainment and worldly ambitions. He completed a turnaround and conversion has been an inspiration to many who struggle with a particular vice. This famous son of St. Monica was born in Africa and spent many years of his life in wicked living and in false beliefs. Though he is one of the most intelligent men who ever lived and though he had been brought up as a Christian, his sins of impurity and his pride darkened his mind so much that he could not see or understand the divine truth anymore. Through the prayers of his Holy Mother and marvellous preachings of St. Ambrose, St. Augustine finally became convinced that Christianity was one of the true, was the one true religion. Yet he did not become a Christian then because he thought that he could never live a pure life. One day, however, he heard about two men who had suddenly been converted on reading the life of St. Anthony, and he felt terribly ashamed of himself. What are we doing? he cried to his friends. His friend, unlearned people are taken heaven by force, while we, with all our knowledge, and so cowardly that we keep rolling around in the mud of our sins. Full of bitter sorrow, St. Augustine flung himself out of the garden and cried out to God, How long more, O Lord? Why does, why does not this hour put an end to my sins? Just then he heard a, a child singing, Take up and read. Thinking that God intended him to read those words, he picked up the book of letters of St. Paul and read the first passage his, his gaze fell on. It was just what Augustine needed. For in it, St. Paul says to put away impurity and to live an, uh, in imitation of Jesus. That he did, and from then on, St. Augustine began a new life. He was baptised and became a, a priest, bishop and a famous Catholic writer, founder of religious priest and one of the greatest saints that ever lived. He became very devout and charitable too. On the wall, on the wall of his room, he had the following sentence written in large letters: "Here we do not speak of evil of anyone. 
St. Augustine overcome strong heresies, practised great poverty, and supported the poor. Preached very often and prayed with great fervour right up to until his death. Too late have I loved you, he once cried to God. But with his holy life he certainly made up for the sins he committed before his conversion. His feast day is on uh, August the 28th, which of course is next Wednesday. So at this part of the programme now, we might just listen to Father Frank Duick and then look forward to listening to part two to Jody Creighton and Cheyenne Sh- share with us um, lovely reflection go back to 2017 entitled Mary Our Mother. So join us again in part three. So at this point of the programme, um, I'd like to welcome Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West uh, onto the programme who's agreed to give us a short reflection each week over, over the coming months on the Mass. So thanks, Father Frank, for, for joining us. Very welcome, John. So this week, Father Frank, the first, uh, the first week, where would you like to start in terms of talking about the Mass? Well, I'd, I'd like to go back, uh, John, to two things that Jesus said towards uh, the very end of his life on earth. Uh, the first words I would like to focus on are what, in fact, were the final words uttered by Jesus in St. Matthew's account. You will remember where Jesus said, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all the commands I gave you, and know that I am with you always to the end of time. That last line, know that I am with you always to the end of time, leads us into the other words of Jesus that I want to focus on in this first reflection. And these words are the words spoken by Jesus at the institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. And I quote from the Gospel of St. Luke. Then taking a cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and share it among you, because from now on I tell you, I shall never again drink wine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He did the same with the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. That is the moment on the night before he died when Jesus instituted the Eucharist and gave us this extraordinary treasure that we call the Mass. Now to come back to those earlier words which I emphasised a few moments ago, know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. Now it is true his ongoing presence to us in the Eucharist that Jesus fulfills in a particular way that promise to be with us always to the end of time. In taking part in the celebration of the Eucharist, we are responding to the command of Jesus at that first Mass to do this in remembrance of me. In that earlier quotation, we heard Jesus say, Go therefore, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it is appropriate that the opening words of the Mass are taken from these last words of Jesus, in the name of the Father 
and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, joined in studio here by Geraldine Creighton, and Shane is still with us on the other end of the Skype line. Geraldine, when we spoke about this uh, a few weeks ago, um, you said, I want to do a program about Mary. So, we're here. What a week to pick. Yeah, Mary. I, I know, I know. Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing? When I heard Shane share there on, on all the, the different people with links to Mary, including Maximilian Colby, who had right. great devotion uh, and and uh, trust in Mary. Last week we had St. Dominic's feast day, mm-hmm. um, St. Dominic and, and the rosary. The and rosary. and mm-hmm. the fantastic story of that, of course, is that, that the, the rosary came out at a time of great struggle. Yeah. And he was struggling. He, he was hitting his head against the wall. 
thinking, how is he going to preach? And his, his preaching wasn't getting through. Yeah. And uh, I love I love the story of the Rosary where he went off. He had a, obviously he was pouring his heart out to, yeah. to exhaustion yeah. before the Lord and, and um, passed out, I believe, in a coma, completely out of it. And when he was, uh, during this time, he experienced uh, Our Lady appearing to him. So you can imagine what that's like if when Our Lady appeared to you. We have the story of, of the children of Fatima. Um, right. Fatima really is lingering, I think, this year. We're, we're in the time of Fatima between, between now and, and, and October. And I really believe it's a time of great grace. So I know you've already talked on Fatima on the and programme. We, and, we, and we do have another programme coming up. Yeah. Um, there's somebody going to join us from UK in, in, in sometime in October. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and Michael Keaton's going to be back again. But yes, yeah. so important to us. It's just it's just amazing. And and I was, I was very aware in my own family, in fact, um, historically, the name Dominic is back in my mother's, on my mother's side of the family. Okay. And so we have a couple of generations of Dominic and and um, that we have in the generations past, a priest, a, a Dominican in uh, who was in Rome. Okay. In fact, he was the priest um, who discovered the churches under San Clemente. So he's a father what was the name has gone out of my uh, head yeah. now Marta but he he discovered the, the, the church under San Clemente church but he, he was so Dominic and St. Dominic is my close to the family and the rosary I suppose we've prayed as since children and and we all remember the rosary you know laughing your heart and, out and to be honest right. that's, that's that's my right. memory of the rosary that's right. all, and, yes. and who's going you know who's going to and it was, it was all of us it was actually really an experience of family and I suppose that's the thing about Mary um, Mary brings us uh, to Jesus, and in in all our contemplation of Mary and thinking about her, you know, it's it's that her desire, our greatest desire, is that uh, Jesus is known and loved, and loved more and more by more and more people, and really known as mm-hmm. as he as he mm-hmm. is, and and that's the joy. Mary, Mary is still evangelizing. She is the greatest evangelizer. Her mission, just like us in the church, um, is is the preaching of the gospel. And I love the bit. I, I came across this little thing from. Um, um, it was from John Paul, and he he gave up an audience around um, uh, in July, actually uh, nineteen ninety seven, where he talked about Mary and her mission. Okay. And I, I'll tell you why. I saw, I saw, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about this maybe in, in a minute. But to come back to why of it, I when I was on my holidays, I'm just back from my holidays, and I was in the beautiful Lake Como. Oh, lovely. And it was absolutely boiling hot. As you saw, everybody, nobody could go Mm, out. mm. And you could either go out in the morning at eight o'clock in the morning and come in by 10, or you went out after five. They were Mm. all the Irish people. Everyone else, (laughs) everyone else is out soaking up the the sun and having the tan skin to to manage that. But um, while I was there anyway, on last uh, Sunday morning, uh, this day week, I got up early and I put on my boots and I went up to visit what's called the uh, one of these sacred mountains. And I really felt before I left, I left on, on the Monday, uh, I really felt this desire to, to go there. And, okay. and, um, and I suppose I really didn't think about it an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, up I went and, and it's part of what's called the Sacri Monte of Piedmont and uh, Lombardy in, um, in that, that part of, of that, Italy. That, that, yeah. And what these places are, they're sacred mountains and they consist of um, nine different complexes across the mountains in these regions, uh, the two regions of France, uh, I'm sorry, of Italy, it's north of Italy. Mm. And they were built in the 16th and 17th century. And all they are are little shrines, tiny little shrines leading up to a church and you go up the mountain. So when we had the prayer earlier on about pilgrim, and we yeah, mentioned this word yeah, pilgrim, yeah, yeah. you know, we are, we're, we're, we're all pilgrim. And I, I didn't expect to be a pilgrim, but I had this huge desire to go. And so I climbed the mountain and passed uh, in, in this one, it's, which, which is our, our Lady, it's called Our Lady of Help. 
Our Lady oh, okay. of Help okay. is 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 the shrine, yes. and it's an osucho. Uh, in uh, beside Lake Como and on your way up you've passed uh, 14 of the 15 stations basically across and they're life-size statues okay. built in little chapels. I mean it's extraordinary. It's so extraordinary that it's a UNESCO uh, United Nations a protected site okay. of interest to the whole world basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tradition is that on the 8th of September it's a big big feast there and people make a special pilgrimage there but you can make a pilgrimage there at, at any point and light your prayer light your candle and say a prayer so anyway I I went up very simply up the mountain with my sister-in-law up the mountain that time we arrived up there and it was so funny Uh, we arrived up there and it was threatening that it would thunderstorm but it just didn't it held off so as the bells went for nine o'clock on the ninth ring <laughs> that literally the rain just absolutely washed down and we were in the right place of the, because we were in the shelter and we could spend 20 minutes out of the thunderstorm and in the in the chapel but in there I was very taken I was very taken by the beauty of the spot I went into one little um, side aisle and they had these this pic, this statue mm-hmm. that was discovered by, by a shepherdess back in the 16th century in a cave um, okay. And she discovered it, and from there the whole devotion grew. And so it's it's an it's a statue, a very small statue of Mary as queen, and holding Jesus in her arms. And um, you know, like all the the you know, it's it's Jesus. Obviously, it's Jesus looking at his passion, I suppose, and Mary is there in in support yeah, of yeah. him. And and but she's there as queen. And I picked up one of the cards, and it said Madre, you know, Madre uh-huh. Regina, so mother and queen. And it caught me because in, in the community, we pray the prayer of St. Louis Grignon de Montfort on consecration to Mary every day. And we started off by saying, today we choose you, Mary, standing before all the saints as our mother and our queen. And so this was all making huge connections yes. with me in this year of Fatima and in the Emmanuel community. We're heading into actually a Marian year ourselves. It's beginning on the 8th of September until the 15th of August as, as a year of special, I suppose, prayer and consecration to Mary. So it's 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 something yeah. personal for me. I know yeah. it's something, something really important for the community, but also it's something we're living in the church. So why is Mary so important now? Um, I, I was noticing, again, we had the word in, in the way we prayed about the prayer to knock. It mentioned the word pilgrim. Yes. Pilgrim, mm. and I was reading about um, Pope Francis when he went to Fatima. He used that. He used that word. I, I just have the words of, of his prayer. He he, uh, he said, as a pilgrim of of peace. You know, he talked about himself as a pilgrim mm-hmm. of peace, as a pilgrim of the light that comes from your hands, and as a pilgrim of hope that the spirit awakens. You know, so he, he, he was going as a pilgrim and, and a pilgrim is, is, is someone who's making a journey from coming from a distance to closer. And I suppose that's what that's what Mary helps us do: travel from a distance closer and, yeah. and closer and closer to Jesus. So I was very struck on, on my holidays, as I say, at the end of my holiday on yeah. this beautiful time. And I suppose I've been really blessed. I, I shared earlier about this, this coming awareness that of my baptismal name. And it's yeah, really, yeah. you know, it's a really good question to ask, you know, what's my baptismal name? Who's the saint who's actually yes, praying yeah, for me? Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you when I actually <laughs> realized wow. the gift that wow. was the mother, it's the mother of God who is praying for me. And of course, she's not just praying for me. She's yeah. praying for every single person, but every single person as if they were the only one. Yeah. As if they were yeah. the only child. And again, this beautiful piece from... Pope John Paul, Saint John Paul, as he is uh, now, and he, he talked about Mary, at the, we know this, at the foot of the cross, 
um, she received the mission yeah. from mm. her son. So Jesus mm. said, behold, you know, mm. to John, mm. behold your mother and to mm. Mary, behold your son. But she got, she thought the job was over. Yeah. Her job, the angel said to her at the very start, will you be the mother of Jesus? Yeah. And yeah. she said, yeah. yes, I'll do whatever God wants okay. me. Yeah. Let it be done. Let yeah. it happen. And she had had that. So through the gift of extraordinary grace received from God himself, mm-hmm. um, she had the ability to say yes. And she uh, through living, even through difficult times, it must have been, you know, when, when she was, we had the, the words in scripture, she pondered, she reflected yes. on yeah. things that happened. Yeah. She didn't automatically know things and she must have lived a, a, a blind faith or a, a really a trusting faith in God as she went through life, just as we do. So in, in that way, she, she's such, such an mm. extraordinary, extraordinary model for us. But even here she comes, she's at the cross. Yeah. She's traveled with Jesus literally from his moment of conception. She has carried him. Mm. She has brought him to birth. Um, she has educated him along with St. Joseph, growing up, teaching him, Mm-mm. you know, opening his eyes, uh, eyes up to, 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 to life, to the world, to, to belief in God, introduction to, to faith and just sending him, sending him on his way. And, and uh, you know, you have all the stories of, of, of the, the wedding feast of Cana and onwards, you know, um, Jesus uh, is, is working with Mary seems to be in the background there, you know, even to the point where, where you know, we have this, this Mary's looking for her son. And it comes knocking and, and, and Jesus preaches then about who is my, who is my mother? That's right, yeah. Yeah, who are my yeah, brothers? Yeah. Those who listen to the word of God and believe it. And this is exactly Mary. He was describing Mary, you know, and, and Mary for us is uh, just such a, such a huge model. You know? but, but has been throughout the ages because uh, when you were recounting that about your visit up the mountain and you mentioned something there and it's, it, for some reason it stuck in my mind that, that, that these go back to the 16th century. Mm-hmm. There was people back in 500 years ago had the same face mm. as we have. Oh, yeah. We don't just know it all. No. These people before us had it. Mm. And maybe a thousand years. It's just something yeah. that stuck in my mind. Yeah. How yeah. many prayers would have been said on that mountain when yeah. you were in that chapel? Oh, I know. Mm. And, and you bring, yeah, you, really uh, another point that, um, that John Paul actually makes. He says, um, Mary, uh, in, the, in, this te- in this teaching he gives, he said, Mary is actually a member of the church. And we don't, we all say, oh no, how could she be a member of the church? She's kind of above the church. Yeah. You know, she's, she's Mary, sure, she's Mary. But in fact, she is our sister and our mother. And she is equally a member of the church. And that's why she's in, you know, she, she lived her life um, after that as praying as the, with the, uh, the disciples and, and the, the women gathered uh, waiting for the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. She was praying too, asking for the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, and that's what St. John Paul teaches, that she was waiting for the gift of the Spirit in order that she could live the mission, the new mission that she was asked, which mm. was to be mother of all these other, limitless mother of all these other children. How extraordinary. Isn't it? You yeah. know, and, and I, I remember just another little, I'm, I've been so blessed and fortunate in my life. I got to the Holy Land and Shane, I'm sure, knows all about this, um, but um, and has lots probably stories to tell. But I, I got to the Holy Land and I went into the chapel of, of the Dorm- Dormition. And this mm-hmm. is so downstairs, from what I remember anyway, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a Benedictine Abbey, I think, which are near Benedictine Abbey in Jerusalem. It is, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Benedictine Abbey and it's on... Uh, it's a French uh, Benedictine. It's in, yeah. it's in the care, it's a care of German order. Oh, it's actually. German Benedictine. Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I go in and that's fine. And we're, we're, I think we pray upstairs and then we go downstairs. And I, 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 I go down and I see this 
like a body laid out. It, for me, I'm going, mm. what's that doing here? And it actually was Mary literally resting like you would rest. But it was, I think either the statue was in bronze or something. It, it seemed more alive, or, yeah. you know what I mean? But but someone who had died, but not died, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I got such a shock. And it's called, this chapel is called the Dormition Chapel, which in Orthodox means, you know, a going asleep yeah. or, or a passing. Mm. And, and you know, the dogma, while, while there's a long history in the church, obviously back to the, the, the second century or, mm-hmm. or, or, or in the first century, the first century yeah. of, of Mary, but even of, of the, the assumption of Mary, the dogma is only in the 1950s. You know, it's in our own time, in our own you know, kind of generation, you know, all born, mm-hmm. not all born yeah, in 1950, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's in our time yeah. that this is kind of brought as, as an important uh, part of faith that is to be believed Mary is assumed body and soul into heaven. So the Pope at the time didn't say she whether she died or not. He left yeah. that open. But Mary yeah. was assumed. And in, in, term, in, in biblical terms, we have, of course, Elijah went to heaven. He was taken to heaven. Yeah. So Mary was taken to heaven. And when I went to Jerusalem that time, I was so struck. Again, it knocked my socks off. I was expecting one empty tomb, but I found two or, you know, you can pick as many as you like, because I found, I found actually Jesus' tomb was empty, but so was Mary. And it really, it it really said, oh, wow. The promise that is made to Mary is made to me. Yes. You know, that my home actually is in heaven, that, that the Lord is going to come back again and he's going to bring you know those who whoever the are the redeemed mm-hmm. to to heaven mm-hmm. with them. Those he has he has been working to bring to fullness of life. It's not just for this life, and we are, as Pope Francis says in his prayer, we are pilgrims. As the knock prayer says, we are pilgrims. We are on a journey, and we're called to travel lightly and wear and carry even the disappointments lightly, because in the end, God is in charge, and. Uh. He, he will do the impossible. This is what Mary's, Mary's story, Mary's witness is two impossible things. A virgin conceives. Futile. Impossible. Shane, would you like to add your own thoughts now that Mary on, on Mary? Um, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wide and varied topic, I suppose, in many respects. And I suppose in one sense, our relationship with Mary is very much... Um, a defining characteristic of Catholicism. It's something that's very much associated with Catholics and the Catholic Church for for many reasons. Uh, going back to the tradition of the Rosary, of course, and the two dogmas that were out, that were promoted are proclamated by the popes in terms of the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption into Heaven. Um, and it's an interesting one as well. But it's 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 one of the most ancient acknowledgements that we have jointly across the Christian faith between ourselves and the Orthodox that Mary is the mother of God. And the reason why that is so important is because it reaffirms Christ's humanity. Um, you know, and that, that was one of the things that came out. Uh, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the dedication of St. Mary Major in Rome. Yes, right, and it, yes, yeah. it, it, it celebrates and it celebrates that council at Ephesus that turned around and said, Mary is Theotokos. She is the mother mm. of God. And that was so important because it reaffirms for us that Jesus was also human as well as divine. It's one of those mysteries of faith that we try to get our minds around. But the relationship with Mary, of course, can be a very um, hard one, I suppose, at times. Because I suppose Irish people, we have a huge devotion to Mary um, as, 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 a, as a culture. You know, there are, in some of the largest contingents that go to the Marian shrines around the world, if you talk about... Fatima or Lourdes or, 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 or Medjugorje, 
one of the largest contingents will always be an Irish contingent. And I suppose it comes, I suppose, as well, you know, as well, we have this whole relationship with Mary as, you know, uh, as Mura. We have a special name for her in Irish as well. And I suppose some people could sometimes get worried and say, well, do we kind of forget about the main man in the middle of it all? You know, and that's sometimes something which we have to remind ourselves of that always and ever, wherever Mary has appeared, and even during her life on Earth, she always pointed to her son. And that is the thing that has to be always remembered um, so that we don't, I suppose, we don't verge over into Mary, you know, idolatry in in some senses. Mm. But at the same time, it's interesting, actually, as this week happens to be the feast feast day of Maximilian Kolbe, I came across a quote of his where he said, never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin Mary too much. You can never love her more than Jesus did. And if anyone does not wish to have Mary Immaculate for his mother, he will not have Christ for his brother. Okay. And it, it, mm. it was, it, it's an interesting one because I personally myself, sometimes I think, uh, I, 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 it, it, you know, people will turn around and say, you know, you, you, know, you should do rosary, you should do this. And sometimes that's not for people, but it's always a way of trying to look at the example of Mary. And that's, she's the example that's put before us by, we've had a lot of Marian popes in the last 50 years. John Paul II was very much a Marian pope. Benedict himself, in his own way, was a Marian pope. And Francis, in particular, is also a very Marian pope. So they are popes that put forward the example of Mary as a guide, as, um, as, 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 as an example to us. But of course, it's, it's very much reminding us also, Mary was very much a human person, someone that we can associate with, but always she points again to her son, you know, um, it's interesting that you know we, we she was she's the exemplar that's given the example that's given for us, and the devotion to her, of course, is wide and varied over the centuries. And you know, if you if you're ever reading tours books across Central Europe, almost every every church, every cathedral has its own uh, devotion to Mary under a particular local title. Uh, you know, here in Limerick ourselves, we have Our Lady of Limerick. Mm. You know, the statue is the, the the statue is kept in the Dominican Church on Dentworth Street, and it's that very much that whole interaction with what who was a young Jewish girl that had this encounter with an angelic messenger and said and responded to the request by saying, you know, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. You know that that Mary could have said no. You know, that is the thing, that's the thing about it all. She could have said no. She had free will, she had choice. And, you know, it's, 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 I think it was St. St. Bernardine or St. Bernard, when he wrote a reflection, I'm not sure which of the two of them it was, wrote a reflection about Mary's, about the Annunciation, and they said, you know, the whole universe was waiting for her, Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. afraid that she would say no. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's that, that sometimes is what we have to remind ourselves about. But it's also an interesting one, given the state of things in the world at the moment. You know, we we live in very nervous times uh, on a geopolitical sense. And it's interesting, you know, to remind ourselves that Mary is often put up as the person to whom we could, whose intercession we could seek when things are at their darkest. And particularly when, you know, as she was always put forward as the role model, particularly as we link, think of Fatima, and the centenary of Fatima, and at the time she was put forward against the whole thing about communism and the, the spread of communism, 
communism even. And it's interesting again that we turn we should turn again to our mother and say to her, please intercede for us at this challenging time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's 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 something, you know, to, to be encouraged and to be to be commended. But always, of course, it's always good, you know, if people are worried about the relationship between Mary and her son, always to go back to scripture and particularly to the gospel of Luke. Luke's gospel is a very Marian gospel. And to see the way that things are presented there and Mary's you know, response to the call from the Lord as an example to us all. Shane, thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And Geraldine, just before we go for our second bit of music, you want to offer a few more comments? Well, I'm just thinking, of, you know, Shane, you mentioned the Orthodox and but, and, and Catholic, the, the devotion to Mary. But in fact, I was reading myself on, on in the Protestant reform, Luther, Martin mm-hmm. Luther, mm-hmm. had a great devotion to Mary. Um, yes. Even, yes. you know, and he would be shocked, you know, to find if um, Lutherans not believing, because he did, he believed Mary mm-hmm. as his mm-hmm. as his mother. Um, John, John Wesley himself, um, great Methodist, he was an Anglican priest who became a Methodist, Methodist, they, they separated from them. But he, he'd written, um, you know, he believed Jesus Christ, born of the Blessed Virgin yeah. who um, she brought forward and she continued to be a pure and unspotted virgin. So he mm-hmm. believed in the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Yusfingli as well, a lot of the other Calvin agreed that Mary was the mother of God and her perpetual virginity was possible. You know, so it, it's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Mary actually is a model for all Christians and, and she's there lifted up. In fact, Pope Francis would say and, and, and all the popes would say she's the highest model, the greatest model we have a woman who, 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 as you say, could have said no uh, and said yes, but she persisted. Yeah. She stayed faithful. She is ever faithful. And, and she then accepted, as uh, coming to the, the second mission, mother of, uh, a mother of, of us all, of all the children of God. And so it's a great way to pray. Um, I was visiting a friend of mine in the Port Lairs in um, Galway and I was sharing and she said to me, do you know that, that I was sharing, to, mm. you know, about my family and that sort of thing. Mm. And she something struck me. She said, you know, Mary is the mother of your mother and the mother of your father. You know, when yeah. you'll be yeah, saying, yeah. And, and the mother of your children. Yeah. So you can actually pray to Mary, you are the mother and to pray to Mary in this way and in a certain sense it was I was able to say oh yeah you are of course yeah. and it was just a new way to pray to Mary you know when you talk when talk about people maybe don't like the rosary yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. That, that but there's ways to talk to Mary and say you know ask Jesus as you said Shane ask Jesus to, to you know oh give the grace and we have of course from back this this there's a miraculous medal where it comes from and, mm. and those these these lines of light coming out from her hands mm. all the grace that she that that Jesus has has allowed that come through our hands from from him and and from God and mm. for us and you know once we ask so it's really important to ask that God is always waiting anyway he doesn't force himself he waits for G- us to Julian, ask thank you so much for that and I know yourself and Shanka keep on going on and on and on but <laughs> I got to go for a bit of music and we'll have to go for a break your second bit of music yeah this is a beautiful piece from uh, Liam Lawton Father Liam Lawton his Ave Maria and it's all about the time there was a special time when, when, when God came into the world and there was a special person who was chosen who said yes she said yes and the world changed the world has been different ever since Let's hear this. Okay. Hide not your face. There was a day 
welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Gilly. At this part of the programme, we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, there's a prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, humbly and attentively. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So the Gospel for today, the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verse 22 to 30. Through towns and villages Jesus went teaching, making his way to Jerusalem. Someone said to him, Sir, will there be only a few saved? He said to them, Try your best to enter by the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and will not succeed. Once the master of the house has got up and locked the door, you may find yourself knocking on the door, saying, Lord, open to us. But he will answer, I do not know where you come from. Then you will find yourself saying, We once ate and drank in your company. You taught us in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know where you come from. Away from me, all you wicked men. Then there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. And yourselves turned outside. And men from east and west, from north and south, will come to take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Yes, there are those who now will uh, yes, there are now last who will be first, and those now first who will be last. So now as we come to the end of the programme, thank you indeed for, for staying with us again this day. Uh, at this stage now I'd like to play uh, a recording of of the Eucharistic blessing and prayers for healing that were recited uh, during the recent novena at Knox Ryan. Until next week, God bless you all now. Bye.
Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be angry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. Oremus, Deus qui nobis sub sacramento mirabili, passionis tue memoriam reliquisti, tribue quesumus, ita nos corpois et sanguinis tui, Sacra misteria venerari, ut redemptionis tue futum in nobis iugiter sentiamus, qui vivis et regnas in secula seculorum. you to stand if you can do so. We take this time for time for prayer for healing, perhaps for ourselves personally, for those who've asked for our prayers, all who are confined to homes, nursing homes, hospitals and hospices. Here, as we're joined by people online, we pray for you as well, and we ask the Lord to hear your prayers. Lord, touch with your healing hand all who labor and are overburdened among us tonight. Let your spirit bring to all who are sick wholeness in body and healing of heart. Relieve the sufferings of all who live with continuous pain. Hear our prayers for everyone attending doctors and hospitals. Surround with love those incapacitated in mind or body, 
and all elderly people. With faith in your power to bring healing, we pray for children who are sick. Lord, we come to you in our brokenness, wounded in our relationships, wounded by our memory of painful experiences in times past, wounded by sin and guilt in our lives today. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You came to feed the lonely with your company, to feed the sad with your hope. Your love touched all you met. You helped them change and grow. You nourished them with your love and led them to the Father. Your love opened them to the spirit of love. And as we meet you, the bread of life, feed us, we pray, with your love. Lead us to the Father. Open us to your Holy Spirit so that we can care for others and help them grow in your love. Stay with us, Lord Jesus, as night has fallen and be our companion on our way. Set our hearts on fire with new hope so that we may recognize you in the scriptures and in the breaking of bread. Jesus, we believe in you, we hope in you, we love you. Strengthen our faith, renew our hope and love, and grant our prayers. Touch with your healing love, O Lord, all who feel the hurt of life's wounds. Long ago, when people prayed to you for healing, you listen to them, bless them, and answer their prayer. Heal us now of our sinfulness and of the hatred that divides us. Take away our hardness of heart. Open our eyes, which are often blind to the needs of others. Remove our selfishness and our greed. Give us self-control at all times and fill our hearts with your eternal love. Jesus, we ask you now to heal us, to bless us, and to fill us with your peace. Let the sacrament of your body and blood bring healing to us all, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.